This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here in studio with my good friends, Christina Stoyanova and Mr. Graham Williams. We have an awesome show for you today. Of course, we're going to talk all about the latest apps. We've got a great Hot 5 app countdown. This week it's the Hot 5 small business apps. Uh, we will also be talking about the big Google announcements uh, happening this week. Some pretty cool stuff uh, being announced by Google. Uh, some new Pixel phones, a new Home Hub, and oh, so much more. But let's start off with the uh, the app news. Uh, number one, uh, the Pocket Pocket app that Christina seems to be very excited about. I've never heard of this app, and I... What does it do? Uh, It allows you to save articles and stories from your web browser into the Pocket app, so you can read them later. We should point out that this is in uh, version 7.0 of the app. It has been around for a very long time, Mike. I've never that was released for iPhone. I got to be honest; I've never really heard of this app. So, I mean, and I I go through a lot of apps. Well, the cool thing here, though, is like we're all really busy. Yes. Right. And so you're you're browsing uh, your your web and whatnot. People send you a link, and they're like, "You need to read this article." And what do you do? You're like, "I don't have time for that." So Pocket lets you go in. Okay. So someone emails that to me. What do I do? You click on the link and click on the little bookmarklet and add it to Pocket, or you can copy the link into Pocket. It will download this. You're you're oversimplifying it. So I get an email. Someone yep. sent me a link to an article. Yes. Usually it's something crazy. Yep. But anyway, let's pretend I want to. <laughs> Want to read it? So, so I click on the link they send me. It opens up in your browser. Yes. You click on the little share sheet, right? It brings it up and you go save to pocket. Okay. Right? Pretty easy. Pretty simple. And like. It couldn't get any simpler, actually. Yeah. So do many people use this? Yeah. Tons of people use this, right? Tons of people use so this. this really? All your news stories, all the cool stuff. I mean, the stuff that we do here and talk about here, this is all where all this stuff comes from. So. You're pocketing it? Yeah. Yes, because and, if you're on your commute or whatever, sitting on the train... Then I just and read it. But what if you want to add it uh, to the list of things we want to talk about on the app show? Then you I just kind add of want it, to then I copy and paste it, it uh, and send it an email to you. Well, I, I don't know about you. Oh, wait, then I, you're using Pocket. I, <laughs> I, I get a lot of stuff sent to me. So being able to have this where I can kind of have uh, you know all of my stories in one place is kind of handy. But the big development is what? They have actually added a continuous read, so you can get your stories read to you just with one tap, um, all of them at once. So this will read it out over your headphones, over your Bluetooth, over your, your car's Bluetooth, which is super handy because you, you're in traffic, you're on your commute. You used to have to go through and like tap, tap each one and have them read separately, but we- now you can just start the stream going and... And not worry about your phone when you're on the road. Keep your eyes on the road, keep your hands on the wheel, and your ears on pocket as it reads your stories for you. And they've also added a more human-sounding voice. Which is great, because honestly, the robot voices are a bit creepy. We've lost Mike. (laughs) Okay, let's move on to the next story. pocket. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, there's a robot lawyer now in town. It's just down in the U.S. It's called Do Not Pay. This was kind of an interesting thing. Uh, that uh, we came across. Uh, it's an app that helps people sue people. Yeah. Is that a good thing, really? Yeah, well, I mean, and this, this is an evolution of an app that basically was designed to fight parking tickets, right? Because we all we all get parking tickets, and in a lot of cases, uh, you know, sometimes the statutes don't apply, sometimes people don't show up in court. Uh, so basically, this, this fellow, Josh Browder, had built this app to do that. When we look at law, law is very much a, you know, it's a procedural, logistic thing in a lot of cases. Uh, so, you're, you know, you're taking a lawyer's time, where lawyers are highly trained and very expensive, and you're paying them a lot of money to do something that computers are 
actually really well suited to do. So in a case like this, you, you answer this questionnaire, you go through this process, it fills out this form for you, and then you can, with pretty much one tap of a button, go through and sue somebody. Handy. Aren't the Americans suing each other enough? Yeah, they're a little too happy. Yes. Um, I mean, this kind of... Well, here's the thing, though. In a lot of cases, uh, you know, there are perhaps lawyers that would take a case and clog up the courts that might not be successful. An app like this could turn to you and be like, you're not likely to win this case. Do you really want to do this? If the app's not going to lose any money if you don't, whereas a lawyer would. So it's probably maybe a little more uh, likely to to say, you know what, this is probably not a great idea. It also frees up lawyers to go and do more specialized things where it actually needs their analytical skills as opposed to just the procedural uh, process of figuring out how to navigate the court system. I don't, I don't need it to be easier for Christina to sue me. <laughs> like. But she does. <laughs> Uh, again, this is only down the st- uh, states, from what I understand. It'll work in uh, all of the 50 states. Uh, the uh, the guy behind it uh, basically created it to help him with his parking tickets. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think that's a, it's a great thing. We'll, we'll see how it goes, but he's actually got tons of people out of tons of parking tickets. I think he's from Chicago, and the city was actually starting to revisit uh, some of the things that they do when they issue parking tickets based on the fact that this guy was clearing a ton of people all the time. Let's move on to the next app story here on the app show today uh google home the google home app has now been improved and this is a good thing uh i have a google home at home this is the smart speaker i love it but the app is stupid yeah that, not, not particularly no it's like friendly and... no I, I can't figure it out it's just like so many stupid menus to go through and i can't really get it to do what i want so i haven't tried the new updated version yet but from the screenshots i've seen I'm liking it. Uh, I've got smart home stuff like smart lights and locks. Now they show visual representations of that, and you can actually control them while you're away from home. And nice. you can control your friends and family ones as well if they allow you in, obviously. Yeah. So this, this is something that where I use Apple HomeKit, and uh, when Apple HomeKit rolled out, this is something that kind of was baked into that to begin with. You can have multiple homes that you can log into if you have permission. Uh, you can uh, send access to your home temporarily to other people. Uh, which is great. So if my parents come into town, I can send them a digital key uh, for my August smart lock through the Apple Home system um, and, you know, set up things like uh, like scenes. But, I mean, one of the nice things is that you can essentially, like, lock and unlock doors remotely, turn on lights remotely, uh, make it seem like you're not home, or make it seem like you're home when you're not. So pretty handy features. Nice to see Google is, is bringing that to Google Home. I'm just looking over at Christina right now. You haven't even got any smart stuff going yet, have you? Uh, I- no, my hum- my home is very dumb. I, I gave you an Amazon Echo speaker. Yeah. And are you using it? Well, we had some conversations about how it's listening to me all the time, and that sort of freaked me out. So I unplugged it. Well, it's, it's only listening for the key phrase, though, right? <laughs> hell? Wait, wait, wait. What the hell? I'm not giving you anything anymore. Like, there's always something wrong. And okay, so you're worried that it's listening to you. What, yeah, what, what, wasn't what? there a story about how it's recording Christina, snippets Christina. of... What are you saying in your in your <laughs> little condo that is so valuable to the world? You know what? I am plotting Hi, world hello. domination, and hello. I don't want to be foiled. <laughs> hello, red wine and Netflix. <laughs> we meet again. So we should we should clear this up though. Uh, there was a story that did come out where uh, the the Amazon Echo did record a snippet of a conversation and had sent it to someone in the contact list on the device. What ended up happening? Amazon actually went back and looked at all the records for this and was pretty much like you know hitting a hole in one 
in a golf hole on the moon from, you know, Vancouver. It was a, it was a one in a billion shot. Basically, something in the conversation sounded like the trigger phrase, and the conversation continued in such a way where it sounded like it was prompting uh, the Echo to record this and send this. And a number of points in the conversation, it asked, do you want to do this? And it hurt what it heard. It thought it heard yes. So this was a very much a, a very weird confluence of events. There have been no other reports of this, and it, it truly seems like it was sort of a freak accident. So you- Knowing my luck... I would again, be that one in a billion. Again, Christina, what are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> and it is the one in a billion shot. Calling, calling back to your home planet? Like, what, what, do we, what do we not? Okay, that would make a lot of sense. That would make a lot of sense. Fair. Okay. <laughs> it, I mean, they're cool. Like, you got to try it. You do the app show, for God's sakes. <laughs> like, seriously. And you, do, you fill in on the global news segments, the tech segments. Yeah, that's right. And I actually did do a smart home segment just two weeks ago. <laughs> You're a wiener. You're a big wiener. You need to be up on all this stuff. So do you think maybe you could try plugging it in? I'll give it a shot, Mike. Your phone. You've got an iPhone. Yes. Right? That thing is listening to you all the time. It's the same thing. You might have a point. No, I have a big point. <laughs> it, it's worse. It's like on you like 24-7. But again, yes, only but listening not for the key optional. phrase. Sorry? I, but it's not optional. I need a phone. I don't need an Amazon Echo. And that's, that's an interesting point. I bet in five years your tune will change. Possibly, yes. Yeah. I don't, I don't doubt that. But for now, I don't need an Amazon Echo. I, I'm putting this in my calendar. Check in in five years. <laughs> How are we with the voice assistant in Christine's house? Got it. <laughs> when we come back from the break here on the app show, it's Google time. Google announced a whole bunch of cool new gadgets and gear and phones. We're going to tell you what they're all about. You're listening to the app show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with the app show. Mike Agarbo here in studio. Well, Google had a big announcement uh, this week, releasing uh, or announcing anyway, a lot of uh, new hardware for the holiday season, including uh, some new Pixel phones, Pixel 3s. On the line, we've got our good friend Igor Bonifacic from MobileSyrup.com. Thanks for joining us, Igor. Thanks for having me again. You were actually talking on a Pixel. That I am, the Pixel 3 XL. Well, let's uh, let's talk about this. Uh, you know, there's a, a lot of uh, smartphones out there right now, or flagship uh, models. Obviously, iPhone with uh, you know their ten models. Uh, Samsung's got the Galaxy, Galaxy Notes, and Google has their Pixel. This is the the third Pixel. What's uh, new and exciting about it? Yeah, so on the face of it, it looks very similar to the Pixel Two and Pixel Two XL that they released last year. Um, and I think that has made some people upset. But once you actually get to use the phone, I think the best way to describe it is like it's all the little things, right? They've refined a lot of details. So on the Pixel 3 XL, for instance, last year on the Pixel 2 XL, the screen had some issues. Now it's like flawless. The actual like build of the phone, you really do need to hold it in your hand. It is a very significant improvement. Um, the glass back and metal sides feel really premium. You know, it finally feels like kind of Google is coming into its own in terms of um, the design and build of their phones. Um, And then, you know, a lot of what's new with the Pixel uh, uh, 3 is more than skin deep. It is about the software. And so they've done a lot of improvements to make um, the camera better. So for instance, there's a really great digital zoom option. Uh, we didn't get to test this yet because it's coming out next month, but they I'm sure you saw at the keynote, they showed off this really interesting uh, feature called Night Sight. And, you know, with that, Google's promise was basically 
you'll never have to use the flash on your phone again to take pictures at night. And some of the sample photos they showed us looked really impressive. And on the whole, like just the camera is, I think, you know, like people will really love this camera. Uh, like the one feature I really liked is there's this like kind of auto tracking feature where let's say you want to take a picture of your dog or, you know, for a lot of parents, their kid, you know, their kids are moving very like sporadically and uh, a, a, there's not a lot of pattern to it. And this just like it does such a great job of keeping the focus on the subject as you try to take their picture. So there's a lot on the camera front that I think um, Google has done that will let them that will make the Pixel not only the best phone uh, of 2018, but probably for a significant part of 2019. You said the best phone of 2018. So you've obviously tried all the phones out there. So you're saying this one is at the top above the Samsung uh, Galaxies and even the new iPhones? Yeah, so I think, you know, um, I'm, I think with the iPhone, like, there's definitely, you know, this crowd of people that iOS and the iPhone and how Apple does things is for them. And, you know, it's tough to say whether, like, they should switch to a Pixel if they're in the market for a new phone, right? But I think certainly in terms of the Android crop, this is much better than, like, I just think from a kind of usability uh, perspective, like, there's something about how Google builds its software that just makes... Uh, their phones a lot more enjoyable to use than a Samsung phone. At least that's my ex- experience. You know, there's obviously a huge crowd of people that love their Samsung phones, and I think they'll, you know, continue to love the Note 9 and the S9. It really is all about the camera now, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's like such an integral part of what we use our phones, right? We really don't use our phones to call anymore, and it is so much about the camera. And I think, you know, like, if there's a company that kind of, like, obviously Google has invested so much into this, like, uh, building out a team of people that really loves photography and kind of thinks of ways to um, just enhance the functionality of it. You know, like, I think what's important piece about the Pixel 3 is it's not necessarily that the picture quality is, leaps and bounds better than the Pixel 2. It's more that like there are these, there's this understanding of like the kind of photos you want to take, pick, or the kind of photos people want to take. So I'll give you an example, the Pixel 2 or the Pixel 3 has a, whereas most phones have, you know, dual facing uh, rear cameras, this one has dual rear uh, front facing cameras so that they can let you take ultra wide selfies so that you can kind of include all your friends in it. You know, you laugh. Thank God. Thank like, God. <laughs> yeah. But you know, you laugh, but you know, they're like, they said we did so much research into this and this is like, people were always like, Oh, you know, like I want to include like take a shot of myself and the Eiffel tower, but it's like really hard when like the camera has such a uh, small field of view and it's so much easier with a wider camera and Google's like, you know what? We'll do that for you. So it like, like I said, it's not so much that the camera is like quote unquote better. It's that there's just a better understanding of like the stuff people are doing with their smartphone cameras. When is this going to be available? So, and in Canada, I believe we kind of get short end of the stick in the sense that uh, in the U.S. Uh, it'll start shipping next week, but in Canada, it's probably November first. Is from what I understand, people are getting like three to four weeks. Wow. Um, in terms of shipping, yeah, um, it's really interesting that they kind of it seems like they dropped the ball on that, or they just um, don't you know, have maybe enough. Didn't manu- <laughs> 
you never know. Yeah. I didn't manufacture enough phones or it's just, you know, the usual thing, which is like in the grand scheme of things, Canada is not that huge of a market. Let's talk about some of the other announcements uh, quickly uh, at uh, the Google uh, conference. So they had the phones. Uh, there's also a new home hub. Looks a, a lot like uh, the Amazon Echo Show, uh, kind of a, a tablet uh, device that sits on your kitchen counter with a big screen and camera. Yeah, so I, I think that's like kind of the perfect way to describe it. It ships with a Google Assistant. It's about seven inches, so if you remember the old Nexus tablets, this is a really good um, analog. And I, I will admit I didn't have like the longest time to play with it, but from what it, uh, we were shown, it seemed really like there were so many different smart home things you could do. And it makes sense, you know, like Google – it's sometimes we forget that you know there's so many different companies under Google or I should say Alphabet, um, and one of those uh, is Nest, right? So they have a lot of smart home products, and there's a ton of integration there. So for instance, like with the Nest camera, you can tell the Home Hub like show me my Nest feed, and you will see like what's on the camera. You can unlock doors, uh, you can get it to play music. But, you know, I think some of the, like, the feature that I kind of liked the most was that um, it has this, like, picture frame um, functionality that's built directly into Google Photos. And what's really cool here is, like, it knows not to put bad photos, right? So if you have, like, <laughs> blurry photos or, like, photos of receipts, right? Yeah. Like, it won't put that on your picture frame. Oh, perfect. It knows, like... Right? Like, it won't, it'll be like, no, I'm only putting up pictures of you and your family, you of your kids, like, like real, like, keystone moments in a person's life. Um, and so it does a really great job of that. Um, and I think that just kind of, like, speaks to the kind of broader food line that Google was trying to stress is, like, listen, like, we've put so much effort into, like, a lot of thought and care into this software. So it's not just pulling photos, but it's pulling them smartly, right? So... Yeah, that was kind of like, I think it's, if and when it comes to Canada, it's going to be a really nifty and interesting product. We're talking with Igor Bonifacic from Mobile Syrup, mobilesyrup.com. It's a fantastic website uh, for anyone interested in uh, smartphones, apps, uh, and all the latest uh, smart home technology. Igor, once again, thanks for joining us. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much, Mike. Have a good one. When we come back from the break, still lots more to talk about here on the App Show, including our Hot 5 App Countdown. You are back with the App Show. Mike, Christina, Graham here. Still have lots to talk about on the program. We uh, will be talking uh, about the uh, the new Facebook digital assistant slash camera, and will you want one in your home in a little bit? Before we get to some of that, uh, let's get our Facebook tip of the week from Graham. What do you got, Graham? Our Facebook tip of the week is kind of fun if you are on a lower data plan, uh, and that is the ability to find Wi-Fi with Facebook. Find Wi-Fi with Facebook. Yeah, I didn't know you so, could do that. Yeah, so when you're in the app, now you do need to make sure that the uh, that your location services are set to always allow for uh, for Facebook because it needs to be able to see where you are on GPS in order to determine if there is Wi-Fi around you. But all you do is go to the hamburger menu in the bottom right-hand corner, and you'll see uh, some, some shapes that say see more. Click on that, and if you tap down, you'll see find Wi-Fi. And when you do that, uh, you'll, the first time you do it, you have to click enable find Wi-Fi, but it will compare 
the where you are GPS wise with their map of known free Wi-Fi hotspots and will direct you to the closest free Wi-Fi hotspot that you can access. So it's a great way if you're on a lower data plan to be able to to find a way to uh, get access to the internet uh, and perhaps do some streaming video or have a video chat without having to pay for expensive data plans. Thanks, Graham. That was your Facebook tip of the week. Let's uh, get down to the countdown. The weekly app hot five this week in honor of small business month we will be looking at the hot five small business apps and there are so many but these were some of the uh the ones that uh, we thought uh, were pretty cool starting off with number five on the hot five app countdown for small business apps this month fresh books this app gives small business owners and freelance workers a simple way to manage and track invoices it lets you create personalized, professional-looking invoices, automatically bill your clients for reoccurring invoices, and accept credit cards on your mobile device. Other useful features include the ability to track and organize expenses from anywhere and create customizable business reports such as profit and loss statements. Number four on the uh, Hot 5 app countdown, Christina. Number four is TripIt. This one consolidates your travel plans into a single master itinerary that you can access at any time and on any of your devices, regardless of the website you use to buy your ticket. You just need to forward all your travel emails to TripIt and the app takes it from there. You can also check your departure times, uh, find out about delays, or, and even find directions to the airport. This is actually really cool. And this has been around for a number of years, and I would say more popular than Pocket. Um, did I just burn you there? No. Uh, it, it is awesome because it really does consolidate everything, and it's so simple just to email uh, the, the trip at email address. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I give that one a big thumbs up. Number three on the Hot 5 uh, app countdown this week, Graham, Expensify. Expensify. So Expensify makes uh, keeping track of your business trip expenses quite a bit less painful. I've used this for uh, for a couple of years now. So you can link your credit card or debit card to your Expensify account. So the app will place charges directly onto an expense report, or you can take pictures of your receipts with your phone, and Expensify will automatically extract the relevant information. And inside the app, you can also make your own personalized expense reports on demand. Really handy app. I need to do this because I'm the worst at doing my expenses. Oh, we know. (laughs) I I went to look over at your desk the other day and couldn't see you behind the stack of receipts. I know. I even have them like in glass jars now. I don't know why I put them in glass jars. It's a bit like a museum. It is. Yeah. Number (laughs) number two on the Hot 5 app countdown. We're talking about uh, the Hot 5 small business apps in honor of Small Business Month. Square, Christina. Yeah, Square is actually great. This is a payment app that is great for small businesses like food trucks, beauty salons, and retail shops. Uh, you can you can actually order a small portable card reader right from Square that attaches to your phone or any other mobile device. And then you can use the app to process payments right through your phone. It also offers a point of sale system called Square Register for businesses uh, that are more store-based. I love this thing. Like uh, getting that little square reader for your phone uh, is fantastic. Like it, it just... It's amazing. It, it changes everything. Well, and yeah. they've also added the ability to tap now. So they've actually got a tap reader that you can get, yep. uh, which connects over Bluetooth. That very, is very cool. handy. Yeah. So because I mean, a lot of people are going with Apple Pay and Android Pay and Samsung Samsung, Samsung Pay. So it's a good way to, to do that without having to have the swipe. Because the one thing is that swipe connector connects through the, uh, the phone jack, the headphone, headphone jack, jack yes. which, you know, iPhones and a number of Samsungs and the Pixels no longer have. So there's your tap. The number one 
small business app, and this is in honor of you, Graham. Slack. Slack. I love Slack. Because Graham is a slacker. <laughs> so this is uh, actually made uh, in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Uh, Slack's instant messaging platform. With it, you can organize your team's conversations into separate private or public channels or send direct messages. The app also makes it easy to drag, drop, and share images, PDFs, and other files right in the chat itself. It automatically indexes and archives any message, notification, or file, and there's no limit to how many users your business can add. We started using this, and I was reluctant because you you were the one that said we need to be using this, mm-hmm. but it's changed my life. Yeah. I, I used to get like a million emails internally. Yes. And now that's changed. It's just like a, a big message board that just alerts me when there's something relevant. Yeah, we, we have uh, channels per project, which means that all of the information for a given project is in that channel, whereas before you used to have to search through email after email after email, looking at email chains and trying to figure out when somebody starts a new email, where the heck did the rest of that information go? Um, it can store the files locally in the Slack system, which is really great. For myself, I actually use this with friends. I have a Slack for our friends to uh, plan events and share pictures and uh, and plan to get together, so it's, a, it's not just great for work, it's good for personal use as well when we come back from the break facebook is coming out with a new digital assistant slash camera that you'll put in your home or might not put in your home we'll we'll talk about that and give you the lowdown you're listening to the app show here on the chorus radio network back after this well uh we've uh, talked a lot about these digital speakers that are infiltrating our homes uh the uh, amazon echoes the the new google uh, homes and now the new google hub uh apple's got their home pod well uh facebook wants to get into the game as well on the line we've got our good friend and expert from uh, get connected andy barrar thanks for joining us andy my pleasure, Mike. So uh, it's been an interesting week. Lots of announcements. Google announced all their stuff. And then uh, Facebook kind of, you know, said that they want to get into the game as well. And they've uh, announced their new uh, Facebook portal and the Portal Plus. And these are, um, I guess, uh, almost video chatting type uh, devices. they got uh, either the 10-inch screen or the larger 15-inch screen with cameras. What do you think? Is, uh, is this the right time for Facebook to be announcing something like this? You know, Mike, there is never a good time for Facebook to announce a a, a product. Now, what's interesting about the Facebook portal, this is the first hardware product that Facebook is coming out. Uh, Many of the listeners might remember years ago, Facebook tried to create the Facebook phone. Do you remember that, Mike? I do, yes. It's it's been erased from my memory now. It didn't last for very long. Uh, I believe at that time they were working with HTC to create that phone, but this is a a completely standalone hardware product that Facebook has done. And Google did this years ago when they started creating like the Nexus phone, but they're very much a hardware company as well. And Facebook is trying to get in that game. And not only that, get into our living rooms because the Facebook portal has a very interesting design. It has different cameras, a wide angle and a closer angle lens that can determine if there's people in the room or if a single person is there and adjust accordingly. So you could be making dinner and still having video chats with your loved ones via Facebook portal, which is a very interesting twist. Uh, The only issue that I have to say about Facebook portal, uh, Mike, is that it was built by Mark Zuckerberg. And I don't think people want to have Mark Zuckerberg with a microphone and camera in their living room, but time will tell to see if this becomes a hit on the market. They look cool. Um, you know, they're competing, obviously, against some pretty-
pretty big players as well, Amazon and Google. Um, Amazon's got their Echo Show. That's probably the closest competitor that I can think of. Uh, the Echo Show coming into Canada, uh, finally, uh, the second-generation version, looks very much like the, uh, the Facebook portal, the, the entry-level uh, uh, model. Um, I, I think some of the features that Facebook has built in are, are interesting, but it, it sounds confusing to me as well because it works with Facebook Messenger, cool, uh, and you have to use um, the Facebook portal uh, assistant to actually do the video conferencing, but it can also use Amazon Alexa in it as well. Uh, what really surprised me, Mike, was the absence of Google Assistant. They they decided to go just with Alexa. Had they made um, something that was kind of in between of both of those co- uh, competitors, essentially, is what they are, uh, it would have been probably something more enticing because right now, if you want to live in the Google ecosystem, you got to get uh, a Google smart a smart speaker if you want to go on the uh echo side you're going to have to do that so they could have played it right in the middle but uh, they did go with alexa and interesting features because they know that they have some privacy concerns they also have a little type of uh, flap that you can hide the camera on you know you can press a button to eliminate the microphone and video camera but there's an actual physical little flap that you can put to make sure that nobody can see you when you're not using it and that's just because a lot of people just don't trust facebook right now especially after what happened with the cambridge analytica fiasco earlier this year do you think it will be popular. Do you think that this will actually sell? I mean, you know, like I said, there's so much competition and it's kind of blending like the Facebook portal assistant with Amazon uh, Alexa. You know, why not just get an Amazon uh, Echo Show or uh, a Google Home? Well, I'll tell you what, it's definitely not for somebody who already has one of those Amazon Echo Show or now with Google with their Home Hub, a new product that they're releasing. It's I think if they have a chance, and if you talk to people in the tech world, they're going to say, no way, they have a chance. But the average person out there who uses Facebook all the time to, to connect with family and friends, uh, this, this might work with them. The only issue that they have right now is the price point. They're coming in at a way more bigger price than the competitors. And you have to remember, this is Facebook's first hardware device. So this is 1.0. So I'm guaranteed it's going to be buggy when it comes out out of the gate. Well, it's interesting. Uh, the the 10-inch model is $199 American. So I'm talking American prices right now. Uh, the Google Home Hub, not available or even announced for Canada yet, $149. Doesn't have a camera. And the Amazon Echo Show, which is its closest competitor, at $229 uh, US. So... Um, this isn't something that I think millennials are going to buy into. You know, we've talked about Facebook before. The audience is definitely getting older. This might appeal to the uh, the parents and the grandparents out there. I think so. Uh, it's especially the fact that it can do group kind of conversations, that it can switch that wide-angle lens as you're walking around. It will move with you. For, for the grandparents who are using Facebook to keep in connection with their, their loved ones, this might actually be a hit. The question is, will they pay that price point or will Facebook decide maybe to drop the price if there isn't that demand coming out once it's uh, released on the market? That's going to be the big test. But you know, Facebook has over 2 billion users worldwide. They've already said that they want to get into video. If you look at Facebook, what it looked like five years ago, just on the news feed alone, you'll notice that it's just much more video. And they want to take that voice calling and make that personal connection back again, as opposed to us uh, constantly texting each other. They really see the value in video, and it'll be 
will be interesting to see if, it, if people actually purchase this. I, I'm going to be interested as well. Uh, I haven't got any Canadian pricing or availability yet on that, but if it's 199 US to start, it'll probably be around 300 Canadian, which is a pretty big uh, price to pay for something uh, like this. And it's uh, it's a crowded market. Uh, will they be successful? It's a great question, Andy. Um, maybe, maybe not, but this is not going to be the last uh, hardware device we'll see from them, is it? No, I think they might actually try to create the Facebook phone again. You know, this, our, our entire lives are dominated by our smartphones. It's probably one of the best investments that we make because we use them all the time. And Facebook has always played at coy, you know, with Android and Apple kind of sitting in the middle. But now that they're in the hardware business, um, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to make a smartphone again and maybe come at a different angle or a video angle to entice people to use it. But um, if they if they were smart, they would make a phone with big buttons because their, their <laughs> user base tends to be older. <laughs> big buttons and big fonts, and then they might have a hit there. Uh, I think you're right. Thanks for joining us, Andy. My pleasure, Mike. Andy Barrar, our uh, friend from Get Connected. When we come back from the break, our Amazon skill of the week. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with the App Show. We still got a little bit of time here left to talk about our game and fitness apps of the week. Let's start with the game app of the week. Graham. So our, our game app of the week is available for iOS and Android, but it's also coming out for Nintendo Switch, uh, which is why we're revisiting it. And the app is called Game Dev Story. And it is a, it's a game where you manage your own game company and try to create a million-selling game. It's a simulation where it's a game about making games. It's kind of fun, a right? A game about making games. Yes. So basically, okay. uh, you are going to develop your, your company's own game console. And uh, you know the system for bringing in new staff members and, and working on the different games that you want to work on, you're going to hire people, you're going to train them to develop their skills. And as their skills expand, you get the ability to create more different types of games. Uh, and try to basically build the best game on the market and become the best game company on the market. So on uh, on portable devices, it sells for $6.99. I believe it's going for $9.99 on, uh, on Nintendo Switch, uh, and it's coming out relatively soon. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Okay, so let's uh, switch gears now from sedentary to fitness. Yes. What is our fitness app of the week? Our fitness app of the week is Fit Radio, and this is for iOS and Android. Uh, it is a free app, but it comes with in-app purchases, including a premium subscription, which uh, goes for three ninety nine a month, um, or you can go up to one hundred nine ninety nine uh, for. Uh, the, the full year uh, with a bunch of extra services built in, which also includes things like coaching. Uh, fit Radio is kind of cool. I mean, trying to find a, a fitness playlist can be challenging. Apple's got them, Spotify's got them, but they're still playlists. Uh, fit Radio is actually a live streaming service where they're, they're streaming updated playlists to you all the time, along with um, some coaching. So essentially, you can set out what type of activity that you're involved in, how long you're going to be going for, and it will coach you in real time with updated, updated and new streaming music all the time. That's kind of cool. Again, it's called Fit Radio? Yeah, Fit Radio. So basically, you can choose 0 to 10 minutes, 10 to 20 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes, um, and 30 to 40 minutes for your time frames, uh, and you'll get some really cool stuff from different DJs and uh, different list curators. Do you use any fitness apps, Christina? I use the workout app on my Apple Watch. Okay. So just the stock <laughs> workout app that it comes with. Yeah, and you know what I've discovered? So I uh, do spin classes, and I've discovered that the Apple Watch's calorie tracking is really not great on a stationary bike. Why? 
I'm not really sure. I don't think it can quite interpret the data as well as I'd like it to because my calorie counts are consistently much lower than what a spin class should be getting mm. me to. And that's even with watch OS 5. Maybe you don't like the, the, the answers it's giving you. Does it mean, mean that it's wrong? I mean, yes, that's true, but <laughs> I, I think that I'm a fairly normal human being, and when the targets are consistently not being hit, no matter how hard I'm working out. Well, we'll have to check into that. Yeah. Well, they, said, they did say that in iOS, or so much OS 5, that it was going to become better at monitoring different types of fitness activity. So I'm curious, I guess if it hasn't changed, then maybe they've still got some work to do there. We'll, we'll find out. Interesting. That's all the time we have left. Don't forget to listen to our sister show, Get Connected, every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. here on CKNW 980. This is Mike, Graham, and Christina signing off for the App Show. We'll see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.